0: Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com TechSF.
1: Hi everyone, it's Pia Gadkari.
2: And I'm Mark Gurmey.
1: And this week on Decrypted, we're bringing you our holiday gift guide to help with your holiday shopping. We've spent this entire season exploring the unintended consequences of technology that its creators, and often us, the consumers, never quite anticipated. So this week we're applying that to the gifts you might be thinking of buying for the holidays.
2: But of course, there's a few things that you really need to know before buying these gifts.
1: So first up, we're going to be taking a look at one of the newest gadgets on the market, the Facebook Video Portal. So Sarah Fryer, hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us and telling us about this. So let's just quickly run over the basics. How much is the portal and who's it for?
3: So the portal, you can buy a small version for $199 and a Large version for three hundred forty nine. It's basically these beautiful big screens that you can put in your home, in your living room or kitchen, and they have these cameras attached that can follow you around as you're talking, so that you don't have to move your your phone. Um, so it actually, it's you know, it's a it's a pretty cool technology. But the question is, do people really need this? And Even more, do people really need this from Facebook, a company that they're all very concerned about the privacy implications of giving data to?
2: So this is a company, Facebook, who is, as their first hardware device, is coming out with a product that really is representative of the company's problems in privacy, combined with a product that basically nobody is asking for. So I think we'll we'll see pretty soon that this thing was a dud. I'm sure they haven't sold many of them. And I don't really think people want a dedicated video chat device in their homes, especially one made by Facebook, when you can get the exact same functionality in a more mobile setting with more features through a phone, whether that's an iPhone or an Android phone or just your computer itself.
1: Sarah, what's the business case for Facebook coming out with a product like this?
3: Facebook needs to come up with some sort of way to get more integrated into your more intimate relationships, right? They have your your Facebook friends, and for a lot of us, our Facebook friends are just all the people we've met over the course of our entire life for as long as Facebook has existed. So at that point, they become less friends and more just a phone book or acquaintances. And in that case, people don't share as intimately. So Facebook has been trying to diversify the kinds of messaging that people want to do with Facebook products. So they've been investing more in messaging products. This portal device is a spinoff of Facebook Messenger. And I think that they just want to become essential in that way. At the same time, they're seeing alexa and google home and all these other devices entering your home and remember facebook missed the move to mobile phones back in 2011 2012 they didn't have a mobile phone when all their competitors did so they've been playing in other companies ecosystems for a long time in the google ecosystem or the apple ecosystem now everyone's moving to these home products or at least in terms of marketing i haven't seen a huge uh catch on mark probably knows more about that but They don't want to miss the boat on this next trend.
1: Right. But in a couple of key ways, the portal is is different from some of the voice activated uh, devices or uh, systems that are already on the market. For example, Alexa is uh, basically dormant until it hears the wake word, which is Alexa. Um, But if I understand correctly, the portal is always listening and always watching. Right, Mark?
2: Yes. So the interesting thing about the the portal is that it has two voice assistants, right? It has Alexa, which could be triggered by the Alexa wakeboard, or if you set another wakeboard, if that's an option on this device, but then there's a separate one for controlling basic functions like beginning a video conference or controlling your volume or basic settings here. And instead of going all the way and creating its own voice assistant, or instead of leveraging Alexa all the way to control everything, they split it off into two, which I think raises even bigger privacy concerns because you now have two different voice assistants. And what if you're wanting to speak to one, but instead it sends that data to the other, right? So there's a lot at stake here already with one voice assistant. Now they have two different companies potentially listening into and recording uh, your data.
1: Right, and to make matters worse, Facebook has sort of flip-flopped a little bit on exactly what um, its plans are for using the data that comes from the portal and how that would feed into its advertising model. Right, Sarah?
3: The company has been extremely insistent about how privacy-safe the portal will be. They'll store the data on the device. They won't communicate with the cloud unless you're trying to make a call over messenger. Um, There are not any ways to actually record video uh, from the device. The only way that they would send something back is if there was some bug and they had to take a snippet of what kind of software problem there was to fix it. Um, So all of those things come into play. And then, you know, we've also talked about what Mark said and then... There are the questions about whether they'll use the data for advertising. Honestly, I think the bigger problem is not the portal device. It is the current climate in how people think about Facebook and how much trust they've lost with the company over this year or two of privacy scandals. Actually, I should say over the course of 14 years of privacy scandals because this company has always perennially had to apologize for for taking too much of someone's data or not being clear about how they were going to use it. And so I think that, that you despite, despite the steps they've taken with the portal, it'll still be extremely difficult to convince users to use it and you know, add that on top of the fact that they're late entrance into this relatively crowded market now. All right,
1: so what we're going to talk about next is the Echo Show and the Echo Spot. So these are pretty mainstream gifts by now, good for parents, spouses, and Nico Grant is here to talk with us about that. These days, prices have really dropped, right?
2: Yeah, the Echo Dot is now $30. That's one without a display. They have two with screens now, the Spot and the Show. That's $130 and $230. But for these types of devices, that's not a lot of money. That's pretty much at the bottom of the range for you know, the latest and greatest consumer products, especially from a a major player like Amazon.
1: And what's also dropped is our concerns as consumers about what it means to have a listening device in our homes.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable the extent to which people are willing to adopt this a completely different product category than they're used to when we've seen at least anecdotally instances in which there were, you know, creepy events that happened involving Amazon Echo devices. There was one in particular in which a police department requested the audio and the transcript of an echo conversation over the course of a night. To see whether a man had killed uh, an acquaintance of his who came over to his house. Now we did a whole episode on Decrypted about that about a year and a half ago, and you can check that out if you want to hear, you know, some of the darker sides of, of home recording.
1: <laughs> nice plug for your old episode, Nico. But you know, since that came out eighteen months ago or so, there have been other instances of Alexa um, getting involved in some rather awkward mix-ups. Like there was one um, person who had a private conversation that was taped at home sent to one of his employees.
4: Yes, there was uh, one instance back in May, it surfaced. And basically, there was a couple, this married couple, they were at home, they were having a conversation. I don't think they've ever fully confirmed what they were talking about. But um, the end result was that their Echo device thought that it heard uh, them prompt by saying, Alexa, and then thought that one of them said to start recording, and then thought that they said to send the recording, and thought that they heard a contact's name, and then thought that there was a confirmation to send when one of the spouses said the word right in conversation. I mean, it was truly a series of unfortunate events. And the end result was that this private conversation between a couple became public with one of their contacts. And frankly, if you can't talk about someone in your life, you know, with your spouse in your home, where can you, Pia? That's
1: quite right, Nico. I mean... Mark, I don't know how you think about this, that this is a sort of the sort of nightmare scenario that people like early on were worried about when Alexa you know, devices hit the market. But as the number of skills um, on the device has grown and now it's you know, in, in the tens of thousands of skills that come with these Alexa devices, do you think the risk of something like this happening is going up?
2: Here's my opinion. Amazon, Apple, Google, they all have to do better in terms of safeguarding data. A lot of them are making really big strides. Apple has been really vocal about this. Both Google and Amazon have protections in place uh, to prevent the circumstances that do occasionally happen, as Nico was explaining. But I think this just comes as part of new waves of major new modern technologies. But to your point about skills, now with tens and thousands of skills, I believe about 50,000 skills on the marketplace right now. Uh, for Alexa devices across so many different products as they add new features like Apple Music is coming this month, more and more people are going to buy these devices, raising those concerns even
4: further.
1: And Nico, you've actually been looking around at what some of the more interesting skills are.
4: Yeah, you can really play some Russian roulette um, with a hypnotherapist on the Alexa, someone to lull you to sleep and, and perhaps share some secrets with. And there's also a fun truth or dare game. Um, so imagine that. Imagine Alexa recording uh, your secrets. That's going to be <laughs> really interesting when your employee finds out.
1: <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much, Nico.
4: Thank you.
0: OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at bloomberg.com/techsf.
1: Okay, so next up we're going to talk about the Amazon microwave and we have Garrett Devink here to tell us about that. Garrett Who in your family is getting a microwave for Christmas?
5: Well, I think I'm going to get myself a microwave for Christmas, uh, an Amazon Alexa one, because, you know, I have a regular microwave, the technology of which has not changed noticeably in the last 50 years as, as far as I know. But I don't really know how to use it. It's a bunch of random numbers and I essentially just keep pressing one more minute, one more minute, one more minute until whatever I'm trying to cook is invariably burned on the outside and still cold on the inside. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making fun of myself here but I do think microwave tech hasn't changed much and it might be something that's actually useful for voice where you can just say to your microwave what you have inside of it and the microwave computer itself will know exactly how to cook that perfectly.
1: Okay, so Garrett, tell us about the microwave.
5: It's a microwave like any other, except you can control it with voice, just like any other Alexa product. It's goes for a, you know the pretty decent price of sixty bucks. So my assumption here is that Amazon is priced pretty low just to get one more device into your home that is within the Amazon ecosystem. Now you do need to have another
2: Echo device to make this work. Now that's a pretty big drawback, right? You're paying 60 bucks for the microwave itself. And I think that's standard pricing for a pretty, you know, low-end rudimentary microwave. This is an Amazon Basics. This is not some high-end microwave that you'll get at Best Buy or, or something like that. So you're paying the $60 plus $30 for an Echo Dot or something like that. You would think that Amazon would have built in microphone and the speaker into the Alexa microwave itself uh, to get it going, I think that would have been a better value and more interesting to some people now.
1: But the idea here is that Amazon wants you to be connecting multiple devices together, and it has something called a connection kit to enable that.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So this is part of their strategy of getting as many Alexa devices all talking to each other.
1: So, Garrett, that gives us a glimpse of where Amazon is going with its ambitions in, in this space, right? It wants to have um, Alexa all over your home.
5: Exactly. I mean, when it comes to Apple and their ecosystem, many people, especially in North America, have iPhones and Apple Music. That's They might have Macs. They, you know, that's their connection to the Apple ecosystem on Google. We use Google Gmail and Google Drive, maybe Google Music. Amazon is also trying to find other reasons to, you know, get you to buy more of their products and down the road digital services as well. And if a microwave is one tiny part of it, that's what they're going to do.
1: So this microwave is made by Amazon. But the idea is that eventually Alexa will be embedded in products that are made by lots of other manufacturers as well.
5: Exactly. I mean, if they can say, look, we already have these devices in people's homes. They're used to speaking to Alexa. They don't necessarily want to speak to some kind of Samsung assistant or LG assistant or any of the other you know, major manufacturers of home products. They can kind of slide right in there and sort of say, you know, you, you, you can see other companies making products that would just have Alexa voice instead of their own home assistant.
1: You know, we just heard Nico talking about the sort of unintended consequences of privacy slip ups with Alexa. But once you combine Alexa with a generic manufacturer that may or may not have top of the line security settings. I mean, are we looking into a future with some unintended privacy consequences?
2: I think as Amazon expands the reach of what can be done via Alexa, now setting how much time you're going to cook your popcorn for, or maybe starting your car, is they add more skills, a wider range of categories that this thing could be used for, and of course, a wider range of devices that this could be integrated with, the stakes are just going to increase.
1: And what about data sharing, Garrett? Is that something you've looked at, that presumably once Alexa starts plugging in with third-party manufacturers... um, You know, other companies are going to be interested in finding a way to advertise to us through these voice platforms. And that's a whole world that we haven't really, you know, explored yet.
5: Well, the data is, of course, extremely valuable, and I think it's something that Amazon wants to lock down for themselves. So definitely an issue about data sharing, although I do think Amazon won't really want to share. They'll want to do partnerships so that there's more devices that use its systems, but they want to keep all that data so that they can advertise to you so that they can know know, when you need a toilet paper refill or when you need a new microwave, that kind of thing.
1: Or when you need some more popcorn for your microwave. Exactly. Mark, anything to add on on the point about data sharing?
2: It's going to be incredible to see how they tie in this microwave system with their Whole Foods purchase. I could imagine a day where it'll recognize, you know, you bought, you know, eight of a certain, you know, uh, microwavable uh, freezer item. The Microwave will know, hey, we've this person purchased eight of them, right? They have microwave eight of them. It's time to automatically order through Whole Foods a refill of another eight or 10 or 12. So it'll be really fascinating to see how these services through Amazon all integrate together in the future.
1: Okay, thanks, Garrett. Thank you. Okay, so Mark, we've looked across the spectrum of gifts, Um, you know, everything from the microwave to the Facebook portal. There seems to be a common denominator here, which is that a lot of the concerns with new gadgets that would be fun to give as gifts They all have some lingering privacy concerns, and that wasn't something that we were worried about even a year or two ago.
2: I completely agree. And it's all about striking the right balance. If you compare the Amazon Echo to the Facebook portal, for example, they both at the foundation of the products have the same privacy concerns about the always on recording potential, the potential of it recording things you don't want it to hear, it misunderstanding you and sending your recordings and information to other people. But you really have to outweigh the positives versus the potential negatives. The percentage of cases where these things happen overall are not that high.
1: The privacy landscape is evolving though. Now that companies realize it's a major public concern, chances are that we'll see companies working really hard to make us comfortable with their approach to handling our data.
2: I agree, so I think we're going to see two things. I think simultaneously to your point, we're going to see companies doing more and more to educate consumers and make their devices safer. But at the same time, I think we're also going to see people become more used to it. And this concept of always on devices and listening products becoming a more part of people's daily lives, people getting used to it, people understanding it and people wanting it.
1: And so I guess as people get more and more used to having these devices in their homes and in the homes of people they know, um, if there is a takeaway to today's gift guide, it's not necessarily that you shouldn't be buying and enjoying these these cutting edge new gadgets. Um, it's more that you should learn about them and be informed when you're making a purchasing decision. And that's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks for listening.
2: What other tech gadgets have unintended consequences? We want to hear from you. You can email us at decrypted at Bloomberg.net or I'm on Twitter at Mark Herman.
1: And I'm at Pia If you're a fan of the show, please take a moment to rate and review us. It really helps us find new listeners.
2: This episode was produced by Pierre Gakari and Liz Smith. Our story editor was Aki Ito. Thanks also to Brad Stone, Anne Vanderme, Emily Busseau, and Magnus Henriksen. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week.
0: From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like